Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today we're going verse by verse through the book of John. So turn there in your Bibles as we join Pastor Mike. John chapter 20, and we're going to be looking at verse 19. And you know, one of the things about the Bible is God's got everything in it for us. You know that song we sing, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's peace. There is nothing more true in all the world. Father, this morning, as we come to you, as we read your word, we just ask that you would speak to us. And I pray that you encourage every listening heart today that you would reveal to us how you wish to settle our heart in unsettled times. And so may now, as we read your word, may you grant to us the peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we remember as we left off at Easter, we remember Jesus had rose from the dead. And the first people that found out were the ladies. And the ladies brought the message to the men saying that Jesus had rose from the dead. Well, when we get to verse 19, a little bit of review here before we go into chapter 21. It says, the same, then the same day at evening, there was, it was the first day of the week, which would have been Sunday. The doors were shut and the disciples were assembled for fear, of the Jew, for fear of the Jews. Now, this is really important because after they had crucified Jesus, the disciples had concluded they're next. And so what are we going to do about this? We're next. What should we do? They gathered together in an upper room full of fear. Now, there's a lot of things in this world we can fear. We might look at our own personal lives or our job situation or whatever. And there's many things that can cause fear. The disciples were fearful. They were gathered in the room behind closed doors. Now, something interesting to look at here, it says, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. I like that. He didn't tell them to go out and earn it. He didn't tell them to go door to door. He didn't tell them to wear orange and sell flowers in airports. He just said, peace be to you. And that's what God would say to you and me today. Peace to you. What's troubling your soul? God says, I want to bring peace in that situation. You get into different religions and they'll tell you the... Uh, 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 ordeal that you have to go through to find peace. Set in the lotus position in the middle of your living room with your fingers like this going and focus on the third eye in the middle of your forehead. That will bring peace. Jesus simply says, peace I give to you. You didn't have to earn it. You didn't have to jump through hoops. It's something that God gives those that love him. And I pray today you have that peace that passes all understanding. You say, well, what does that mean exactly? Simply this, he's got it under control. What is it that you're in question about? He's got it under control. What is it that's causing you to stay awake at night and be fearful? He's got it under control. You leave it in God's hands. Friends, there's so many things 
that you and me can be worried about? What about the safety of our children? What about, what about uh, my job? What about my car? Will it break? What about uh, tomorrow? What is it going to bring? There are so many things that if we're going to get in to the mode of worry, you will wear yourself out. Peter said it best. He said, casting all your cares on him, he cares for you. Understanding that you have a God that cares about you. Now, we talked about this before. Paul tells us, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We cry, Daddy. You have a daddy in heaven that loves you. You have a daddy in heaven that cares about you. You have a daddy that takes our burdens and gives us peace instead. You know, we're not designed to be worry warts. We're designed to be people who trust him, the author and the finisher of our faith. You know, any faith that you and me have is what God's given us. Have you ever thought about that? The author, the finisher of our faith the beginner and the ender of our faith. So really, I can't even say, look at the faith that I have in God, because really, it is God that gave me the faith to believe in him in the first place. So that takes the burden off of us. Do you know, I have found in my life, we operate much better when we're free of worry than we do when we're bogged down with the fears of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Now, fear can be rooted in the past. Well, look what happened to me in the past. It's bound to happen to me again in the future. Or you could be worried about today. Well, God, what am I going to do today? And that angst that you get sometimes as you wait for something that's going to happen, whether it be a job interview or whether it be how am I going to make my bills tomorrow. And then also we can have fear for tomorrow. What's going to happen? Jesus said, peace I give to you. If you don't leave here today with anything else other than this, moms, especially on your day, dads, especially for you, kids, especially for you, is God's peace. It is not something we earn. It's something God gives us. Always remember, God gives to us what we could never. You know, all the money in the world, all the money in the world will not buy peace. You ever thought about that? Think about the rich people that you've seen in the newspaper. Movie stars have more money. They can go out and buy their own island. And yet they kill themselves. Why? No peace. It's what's lacking. And you know, you can fake a lot of things in your life. You can fake a smile. You can fake wealth. You ever see the people out down in Las Vegas? We used to go witnessing down in Las Vegas on the Strip. And you'd see these people, and what they would do is they'd have a roll of, of dollar bills, a big roll of dollar bills, and then they'd wrap a hundred around it. So people seemed think they were really wealthy. You can fake a lot of things, but you can't fake peace. Again, understanding that when we become a Christian, The Bible says we cast all our cares on him, again, as Peter says, for he cares for you. I love that about God because of his peace for us. Now, when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. I like this. He showed him his hands and his side. Friends, this part of of John 20 here is extremely important to understand John 21 when we get there. Because we find in John 21, Jesus appears to the disciples 
on the Sea of Galilee, yet no one asked who it was, for they knew it was the Lord. Well, you'd think that would be obvious, wouldn't it? But it wasn't. And here's the reason why, and I've read a lot of different things. Well, by the Sea of Galilee, Jesus appeared to the disciples as a Chinese person. And then the other places, he appeared as, uh, you know, some other nationality. No, no, a thousand times no. Jesus still had the marks in his hands and in his side. I believe that death, with all the swelling after he was blindfolded and beaten, crown of thorns shoved on his head, the swelling, the distortion, Jesus appears to the disciples with the marks that he had when he was crucified. I believe this is why the disciples had such a hard time recognizing him along the Sea of Galilee. Now the Bible tells us as we get into the next chapter, it was in the morning. So it's probably about sunup and maybe the light wasn't all that clear. But one of the things we find here for sure is that they were gathered in this upper room. Jesus appears to them and he goes on and he says this. Jesus said to them again, Peace to you as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Very clearly, Jesus was giving them the commission for what they were to do for the rest of their life. Now, this is important that we understand this verse when we get into the next chapter, because Peter, with the other, a total of seven of them, were gathered together. Peter was kind of a ringleader. He had that dynamic personality. He could be a leader. And he was with the other, and he goes, I go fishing. Now, it's interesting to me that after Jesus said, I'm going to send you, Peter says, I'm going to go fishing. Now, I look at that. Peter was a fisherman, raised a fisherman. And he's going to go back to what he used to do even after encountering a risen Savior. The disciples were gathered behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. They were going to be next. Jesus appears in the room without going through the door. This glorified body that someday we're going to get. And he appears in the room and he said, peace be to you. And I send you. Well, after he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive any sins, they're forgiven them. If you retain any sins, they are retained. This is an exclusive right of a believer in Jesus Christ. This is not speaking of any particular denomination and their priest that you go to confession and the priest says, oh, you're forgiven. No, what this is talking about here is anybody that's born again, you can say these exact words. And that is this. If you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, your sins are forgiven. If you reject Jesus Christ as your Savior, your sins remain with you and you will die in your sins. You can say that. You have the authority of of Jesus Christ in your life to make a declaration concerning eternity. Now, Thomas wasn't there. He was one of the twelve, as you remember. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, Unless I see his hands the print of his nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, a week later, his disciples were again inside. Thomas this time was with them. And Jesus came and the doors being shut and Jesus stood in the midst and said to them, peace be to you. You know, I I, I love this about Jesus. Because he offers something that the religions of the world offer, but you got to earn it. 
You know, if you really want to be at peace, you burn your incense, you recite mantras, this will give you peace. Jesus just said peace to you. I love that. I'm going to bring you peace in the midst of whatever issue it is in your life. That doesn't make, friends, the issue go away. But it means that God's hand is in my life, in your life, to see us through whatever it is that confronts us. Verse 27. And then he said to Thomas, reach your finger in here, look at my hands, and reach your hand in here, put it into my side, do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. This is where Thomas declares to the world that Jesus Christ is God. Now, notice it says, Thomas answering, said to him, my Lord, my God, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Verse 30 is interesting. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these things are written that you might believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Isn't it interesting that the book of John is written so that you would believe in Jesus Christ? There's a divine design in the book of John. That's why when people get born again, I always direct them to the book of John. Start reading the book of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Start in verse uh, chapter 3 and read. Because you're going to see how God wants to reveal himself so you'll trust him. The more you know somebody, the more you'll trust somebody. We've talked about this before. If you're in a restaurant... Guy comes up to you and says, somebody you know, fellow worker. You say, hey, I'm here with my wife. I forgot my wallet. It's at home, and I I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Can you lend me 50 bucks so I can pay for the the tab? Okay, well, I know y'all. Yeah, just pay me back on Monday. But if you're in the same restaurant, and a guy, somebody walks up to you, you don't know, and says, hey, I'm here with my girlfriend, and I, I left my wallet at home. Can you lend me 50 bucks? You go, I don't even know who you are. No, I'll pay you back. Honest, I will. No, I don't know who you are. You might rip me off. What's the difference? Because the more you know somebody, the more you'll trust somebody. Jesus said, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So the more of God's word we get into us, the more we see his faithfulness in his word, the more we're going to be able to trust him because God does not have favorites. What God has done for others, he'll do for you, he'll do for me, because he loves us. See, that's, what, that's where the peace comes from. That's where the peace of God settles our hearts so we don't continue in this self-destructive thing of somehow I'm going to manufacture what I need in my life for self-purpose, uh, uh, preservation, and somehow meaningfulness of life. It says here that if all the things were written, all the things were written couldn't be contained. Well, we're not going to be able to get into chapter 21, but we'll just read a couple of verses here so we'll know what we're going to be looking for next week. And it says, after these things, what things? The things that were just written concerning the disciples, him showing himself in the upper room. He showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, or the Sea of Galilee. And in this way, he showed himself. Simon Peter, Thomas, called Didymus, Nathaniel of Cana of Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, James and John, and two other disciples were with them together. Now that makes a total of seven. 
And Peter said to them, I am going fishing. And they said to him, we're going with you also. And they went out and immediately got in the boat that they might, and and they got in the boat and that night they caught nothing. Wow, that's weird. Trained fishermen catching nothing. In the morning and now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. And Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? And they answered to him, no. And he said to them, cast your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he had had removed it and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in a little boat, and they were not far from land. They were about 300 feet, about the length of a football field. Soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus said, bring some more of the fish that you guys have caught. Simon Peter went up, dragged the net to land, full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. And Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples asked him, who are you, knowing it was the Lord? Again, I believe this is because Jesus was so badly disfigured. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them and likewise the fish. Now this is the third time Jesus showed himself to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. It's interesting here, we see this little story about how Jesus fed the disciples along the Sea of Galilee. It's interesting that they tried to go back to their old life, what they were. They were fishermen. They tried to go back and caught nothing. Jesus said, fish off the other side of your boat. You know, that's like looking at a hunter at hunting season, and and, and you say, did you get the big buck? Did you get the elk? Well, no. (laughs) Your problem is you're using the wrong end of your gun. Jesus said, you're fishing off the wrong side of the boat. As if, friends, that would make a difference. But it did. And it was to show the disciples they have a better and a higher calling than what they used to do. And we're going to stop here today because God's got a better and a higher calling than what we all used to do. How do you get the Holy Spirit? How do we have that? So we are convicted of things that are hurting us, the sin. The, how, how do we know the things that are going to be pleasing to God? And God, I want to be reminded every day about thy kingdom come, thy will be done. I mean, I can forget and think this is all you see. What you see is what you get. God says, oh, no, this is just the beginning. You ask. You just ask. If you're a Christian, Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit each day to realign my purposes, realign my eyesight so I'll see things your way. If you're not a Christian here today, my heart goes out to you, you're fatherless. The Bible says you don't have a daddy. You have no one that watches over you. You I guarantee you, you don't have peace. And I guarantee you, you're probably doing something to give you peace. Either you're getting loaded, you're getting stoned, you got your bag of uh, dope under the seat of your car. There's something where you're going to get relief from daily life. That's one of the things about a Christian. It isn't just apple pie in the sweet by and by. It's that God's got a promise for you and me today to settle our hearts. And I just want to encourage you today, live in that peace. You say, well, where do you get it? 
you ask for it. Jesus said, if you lack anything, ask your Father in heaven, he'll give it to you. You know, it's God's goodwill to give you his settling peace in your life. I need that. I need that. Why is that? Because life is full of challenges. God made this life bigger than us so we would rely upon him. You say, oh, if I could just get all, if I could just get all my, my letters in the alphabet in a row, if I could get all everything working, then everything would work. Friends, it will never be that way. Why is that? Life is bigger than us. But you've got a God who's bigger than life. Find yourself in him. Trust him. If you're not a Christian here today, if, if, if you know there's something wrong in your life, you just go, I don't have peace. I mean, there's always an angst inside of me. I'm always on edge. I want to invite you to pray this prayer. Let God do something brand new in your life that has never happened before. We're going to pray right now. And you can ask God to come into your life. You can repent from the foolish way you've lived to define life your way and say, okay, God, from now on, you define my life. I want my life to be that that's pleasing to you. I want you to write my name in your book of life And I'm sorry for the silly, stupid, sinful way that I've lived to make life mean something. We're going to pray. And if you mean this, you pray it, and God will do as you ask. Let's pray. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And I invite you into my life today. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for me. And his blood covered my sins. From this day forward, I want to live for you. I want my life to mean something here and in eternity. And God, I need your peace to settle my heart on things that cause me to worry. And from this day forward, I commit my life into your hands. So I ask you now, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me not to go back and try to do the things I did before. I'll catch nothing. But help me be directed by you each day. And thank you for eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. You prayed that. Welcome to God's family. Begins with a prayer. God shows you your whole life is goodness. This morning, I just want to invite you to read your Bible every day. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John chapter 3, you'll see how a man named Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. Maybe too embarrassed to come in the daytime. Maybe he just couldn't sleep at night. Came to Jesus by night inquiring about eternal life. I just want to invite you to read that. Because this guy was a great religious leader. Yet he did not know about the peace of God. That's what God gives us. If you prayed that, I want to give you a, a Bible if you don't have one. A little book called Time to Grow and a DVD called God of Wonders. How God made everything. If God made everything, he, he made you and he's got a purpose for you. Let him do that. Anybody listening by the internet or radio around the world, that offers for you too. Contact us. And let God do what he wants to do in your life you will be blessed. Father, for all those that said yes to you today, here and around the world, 
We just ask you, God, that you would just touch their heart. You would become so real to them in every aspect that you would just take, come, God, and, and, take a, and just pour your bucket of golden love all over them. Give them your peace, God. Let them know you've got it under control and that you're going to see them through. For you truly are God. And you're bigger than anything we lack in our lives. And so, God, we cast our cares upon you. You care for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us on It's Time. As Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com slash it's time. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thank you for listening and tune in next time for It's Time.